0: and welcome to The Connected Singer with Michael Hill and me, Julie Thompson. We're both singers and vocal coaches who love researching and learning new ways to keep in tip-top shape vocally and mentally.
1: We know that being a performer is a hugely rewarding, but also demanding career for mind, body and soul. And we want to help you find the balance you need to keep going on your musical journey. Each week, we'll be speaking to performers, teachers and expert practitioners in a range of fields, from psychology
0: to sports science to recce, who will share their knowledge and experiences to provide you with a toolkit of ways to keep well, beat performance anxiety,
1: avoid burnout and get the most enjoyment out of the pursuit we all love, singing, singing.
0: Welcome everybody to part two of Sam Carter's interview with us at the Connected Singer podcast. If you haven't had a chance to listen to part one just yet, we highly recommend that you do that at some point. As we cover his experiences with imposter syndrome and how he uses storytelling to support the creative process which I feel such insights can be very encouraging to hear from such an experienced performer and also to learn that we all as singers face very similar challenges on our vocal journey. So, without further ado, let's jump straight into part two, where Sam is chatting to us about how the Alexander technique has benefited his voice and performance. The connected singer. I think what our listeners would find interesting and I'm, I'm quite interested as well to know is that you, you mentioned that you've not had any formal vocal training. Is that right? You've kind of just picked it up along the way or have you had singing lessons or learned from some greats? (laughs)
2: Yeah. Well, I have, I mean, I definitely, you know, I, I, I've had bits and bobs of, of coaching, um, but very, very kind of few and and far between. And um, I have kind of got myself a book, and you know, done some exercises, and and tried to learn myself, which is probably you know a mixed thing. But I I haven't had kind of, I'm definitely wouldn't consider myself to be a trained singer, you know. Um, uh, so I've done. You know, a little bit of work myself, and one—I mean, one of the things that helped me more than anything with my singing was doing Alexander technique. And I know this sounds really, um, you know, a bit off the wall, but I—it's no, sure. so I don't—you know, your listeners might be into Alexander technique or might have heard of it before, but it's sort of a—it's sort of a kind of—it's um it's sort of a process of relearning how to move. I know that sounds a very, uh, very grand, but it's sort of about trying to learn how to move again with less habitual tension in your body. And um, I found that I, I, well, I actually had some RSI type issues with uh, from the guitar when I was younger with my shoulder. And nothing in um, the conventional world of going to the doctor and, you know, who just said to me, uh, you know, it's just like, the kind of thing my dad says to me dad it hurts when I do this well, well, well don't do it then and the doctor <laughs> basically said that to me but just in, in a more long winded way and gave me some painkillers and said go away you know yeah. so anyway I went to physio and that kind of would alleviate it, but then it would come back because I was still doing the same thing. And then I went to um, the British Association of Performing Arts Medicine, as it is in London, which is a sort of a uh, not-for-profit charity thing, but like they're brilliant people. You could just go and you go in, and they assessed me, and they, they said, oh, go and do some Alexander Technique, that's going to help you. And anyway, I, I had a teacher when I lived in London for for years, um, maybe six or seven years, something like that. And I would go every couple of weeks, and I would just slowly try and, you know. And within about six months, this thing with my arm had gone, but we used to do quite a lot of stuff with singing and just trying she she'd always tried to get me although it wasn't you know singing training specifically it was always about trying to to vocalize without straining yourself you know without without straining without start, that kind of startle reaction which is when you know when you know you hear a loud sound in the street and you go up uh, and then the yeah. back of your neck kind of pulls like this you know and your head kind of your neck kind of contracts and often when we're a bit anxious we're singing with a bit like that and then the throat kind of gets a bit tight and you know so I'm, I'm sort of I, I've, I've really used that to try and help me sing in a bit more of a relaxed way because probably like a lot of people when I get on stage I'm not the most relaxed of it, you know <laughs> so I find that it can help to yeah.
1: um,
2: to sort of to work with that and, and then when I did um, I made an album called How the City Sings in 2016 and the producer of that album put me in touch with a vocal coach who um, whose name is Susan Monks Um, Susan Yarnall Monks, um, and she, um, I think she mainly came from a classical operatic sort of background. And she, I had one session with her where she showed me a few things and sort of, um, uh, and helped me to sort of loosen up a little bit. Again, it was about tension physically, you know, um, and that was, that was really, really helpful. Um, But that's pretty much it. I wish I could I wish there was more to be honest. So I'd love to re I'd love to really know, you know, what's going on in there. But
0: um Well it yeah. it's interesting you should you mention Alexander technique. Yeah. <laughs> Come to us. Sam. Yeah, I would love to. I would so
2: love to. Let's do it.
0: <laughs> We're around. Um, um but it's interesting you should say that because we have actually invited people onto the podcast that are connected to these Well, not Alexander specifically, Alexander Technique specifically, but things that are very similar. Mm. Uh, We had a lady last week, last week, last episode, who um, works with connected tissue. And that's that's about releasing tension that's Mm. created by this connected tissue, this fascia. Mm. But it is, we're learning more and more. We're from a very technical background initially, Mm. but that's been kind of like a very fundamental way to control the voice and create sounds that you want to create without thinking that it's beyond your capability, you know. Mm. So we've been able to do that. But since then, we've been very interested and explored the wider picture to Mm -hmm. recognise that actually, you know, if you're not feeling mentally well or you've got tension in the body mm. it's going to affect the voice in some way so of course just as you mm. said going just before you go on stage you've got the stage right or mm. you feel like you've got uh, anxiety then you're going to tense your body and that's not going to allow the muscles that need to work freely to mm. work freely you know so the voice is then not going to function how you want it and you have difficulty in controlling so I think the work that you've done is a really good fundamental basis to have an awareness of mm. Your body as well, right? Which I think mm. a lot of singers don't, especially if they've got um a very sort of pleasant tone that resonates with people and people go, Oh, you've got an amazing voice. You know, they just open up their mouths and sing
2: mm. and
0: don't have this awareness when they get into into pressurized situations. Mm. And I think what you've done is a brilliant foundation and singers should it should be connected to the technical aspects of, of learning to sing as well.
2: I do think it I do think it's helpful. Um it's yeah, it's definitely been a been a helpful thing and as um, you're a
0: guitarist as well of course that's gonna y- your posture is gonna be affected mm, by that as well which also we'll have
2: I've to sing and person. play at the same time which is an extra yeah. level of sort of cra- craziness to try and figure out yeah <laughs> yes. um, it's a bit difficult I did um, I did once uh, I remember I spent some time working on this idea of middle voice which I guess you folks know about I think some people call it mask or other things but it's kind of Rather than pulling your chest voice up, you know, you can go into this sort of mixed register area. And I did some exercises to try and work on, if to see if I could find that spot. And I did kind of get to the point where I could do it. But even that, I find it quite hard to do consistently in in a sort of singing real world situation. I can do it as an exercise, but then if I'm trying to sort of do it on a gig or whatever, I, I still sometimes don't always get kind of man, managed to nail that, you know, I like just shout in my chest voice a little bit and I can sort of feel that I'm doing it and, you know, but yeah, I'd love I'd love to know about because I know there's a whole world of stuff going on there that you clever people will know about. So, yeah, <laughs> it's a good thing. Yeah. I suppose that's
1: also what's contextual, you know, what makes sense in the context because, you know, a lot of the, for example, like folk music I grew up listening to it was very much that it should be like you're talking to someone. Mm. you're telling a story and it's like you're really, you're in the front room telling them the story Mm. so like a really kind of soul R&B or like very twangy kind of Mm. rock sound Mm. you know, for the listener they'd they'd think, oh my goodness, what's this we can't have this, this is not (laughs) (laughs) not someone telling me a story whereas in the right context it's absolutely thrilling and you know, it'd be weird if that kind of storytelling voice was used in Black Black Sabbath, like I mentioned
2: earlier. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's the, you know, the right voice for the right, the right music, isn't it? That's the thing. Um, have
0: yeah. you ever had any vocal issues then? If you felt that you've not been able to express yourself with having limited technical knowledge, mm. so to speak, mm. have you, have you felt that that's, that's created any issues?
2: Um not really I, I mean I can some, sometimes I can feel that my voice is, is getting a bit a bit used if you like a bit kind of hoarse after maybe if I've done three or four gigs in a row um but this this sort of um using um changing the way I sing high notes has that really helped when I try when I s you know i again I'm not always a hundred percent on it but that really helped to sort of let my voice. It's. I can feel it physically. It's like. So when you go up higher in your register, it's like you've. You're, something in here just kind of goes. Eh, it just kind of shifts a little bit, and yeah. when you push in your chest voice, it. It's like you hold it in in a certain position, and you don't allow it to do that, and that's what creates some strain. I don't know any more than that, but that I can feel it in my voice when I'm allowing my voice to just go where it needs to go to hit the notes that I want to hit, um, yeah. and. I did. I did have some. I, I used to wear my voice out more before I figured out how to do that. Basically, yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't. Um, I don't really. Uh, I sing. I, I think I was saying before. I I sing um, shape note music, which is kind of like a. It's like an acapella, uh, folky sort of hymn singing tradition that comes from the American South, and it's kind of now all over the world. People sing it all over the world. And that is very loud and you sing it very loud and I sing um, the treble part which is kind of like a soprano part that the, both the women and men sing in their own octave and it's pretty high but I, I just love it so I'm going to do it anyway. And sometimes if I sing that a lot yeah, I definitely wear my voice out. So I have to be careful that I don't um, do, 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 do sh- shape note singing the night before I'm going to do a gig. <laughs> so I just, I, tr- I try to sort of pace myself with that but I've never had, I've never lost my voice. I've never had a um, a sort of a you know a long term kind of difficulty border, with yeah. with voice. But I definitely I I strain sometimes and and like the next day I you know I can't I can't do what I, I could do the night before, you know. So
0: yeah. <laughs> I feel like you've been at a football match.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's quite I find it quite interesting actually because we've talked to a variety of singers, some that have have had Uh, formal vocal training some that haven't Mm. I think it just is a testament again just to sort of reiterate that having an awareness of your body and create and loosening tension has a huge impact on how your voice functions. You know, mm. even if you haven't got the technical know-how, mm. as you say, you're probably not going to push your voice too much because you're going to feel it. You know, you're going to go, yeah. okay, I don't know how to yeah. do that. So I just don't do it. Yeah. There might yeah. be emotion, an emotional driven sort of expression yeah. that just goes, yeah. oops, probably shouldn't have done that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you, but you have that awareness, you know, it's like, okay, if I really want to, create that sound i'm gonna to have to find someone that can teach me that rather than yeah, somebody yeah. would think they would just try you know because they haven't yeah. got that awareness so yeah mm. to reiterate that it's a mind body thing
2: <laughs> yeah i think absolutely it's definitely my experience of, of of it that it's so it's so tied in
0: yeah the connected thing of...
2: hi everyone we really hope you're enjoying the
1: podcast so far We just thought now would be a good time to jump in and say a few words about the Alexander Technique, which Sam talks about as being very beneficial for him. Frederick Matthias Alexander, an actor who began to experience vocal problems after performing on stage, he began a long journey of body awareness, recognising how and why certain physical movements were preventing his voice from reaching its fullest potential. Over many years, the technique developed and is now something that people around the world, actors, singers and public speakers, can learn from qualified practitioners. If you're interested in finding out more about this technique or perhaps trying out a session, the Complementary and Natural Healthcare Council in the UK gives a list of qualified Alexander Technique practitioners globally. Alexander Technique International, or ATI, is a community of practitioners looking to promote and advance the work originally
2: started by Frederick Matthias Alexander. I mean, singing is such an emotional thing. And for me, um, you know, when I was young, I this, this is all getting very, very deep. and but, but, you know, when I was at school and when I was younger, I was in bands and stuff. I had people tell me that I sounded rubbish and I wasn't a good singer, you know. Right. And I, maybe I did at that point, you know, sound rubbish. But um that stuff can stick with you for such a long time, you know, and it, uh, emotionally that can be really, you know, difficult to kind of get through and still be out there and still do it and still um, kind of overcome that. So it took me a long time actually to feel comfortable singing on stage, but for some reason I've just always been compelled to do it anyway. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> so sometimes but, I, I, I still struggle with that. You know, I just think, oh, this is just not you're just not sounding very good. You know, but I yeah. I think that's also a normal part of uh, human psychology that sometimes we just get down on ourselves. And, you know, it's I, I I kind of try to reframe the thoughts and think, well, what's the evidence for that? You see, you do some CBT on yourself, you know. Did anybody in the audience come back and tell you it was rubbish? You know, (laughs) ask somebody you trust, did you sound rubbish? And if the answers are no, then you didn't sound rubbish. So there we go. (laughs) <laughs> well,
0: Sam, thanks for that because your honesty is, um, I think, really useful for, for listeners and especially mm. for singers that are, are listening because, as you say, I think as a singer, we all go through this. We, we're putting ourselves out there and mm. we're trying to be as authentic and expressive as we can. And that does mean tapping mm. into a side of us that is really personal and mm. the voice is connected to us, right? So you do a bum note on the guitar, I'm, I'm sure you know, you can sort of go, oh yeah, well, it was the string or it was the atmosphere or it was
2: something. (laughs) That's my excuse anyway.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But with the voice, there's no hiding, is there? So I think these tools that you're mentioning are really useful actually to just sort of use to remind yourself, well, hang on a minute, you know, I stood up on stage and people were clapping or people came up to me and said that they enjoyed it. So where's the evidence?
2: Hmm. But um,
0: I would be really interested. Are there any other... Tools that you use when you do get into that
2: that headspace mm. of that almost stop you from escalating yeah yeah well i've um I've found a, a a few things I mean I think with sort of anxiety and performance anxiety, one thing that I found really helpful as 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 unhelpful as this might sound <laughs> is to just accept that i'm going to be a bit nervous when I get on stage right um, and to know that I'm trying to do something which is quite hard and that I invest quite a lot of my emotional and personal energy in and that because I'm doing something that I care about and I want it to go well, I'm likely to feel a little bit anxious in that situation, you know. So I find it helpful to remember and to sort of leave a bit of space for that unpleasant stuff to be there with me when I'm doing a gig so that if it is there, which it isn't always but often it is, you know, that i'm not really kind of put off by it it's like okay yeah well 5% of my brain is going you suck you know <laughs> whatever <laughs> it is you know uh, while i'm trying to sing you know um so that has really helped that has really helped me to kind of accept that that unfortunately is just part of our experience of you know trying to do something we care about on stage and i don't know anybody personally who doesn't have some kind you know struggle with that kind of inner demon should we say whether that's sort of anxiety driven or or about uh, a sort of say negative self-image and being negative about yourself when you're on stage um an amount of that it, I feel is probably inevitable and it's kind of just about, it's one of those things where the harder you push against it, you know, if you've decided that you are just not going to be anxious, you've just, you've decided to say no, anxiety is cancelled, you know, then when you get on stage and it's there, you're going to be really freaked out and you're going to spend a lot of energy fighting that feeling. Um, yeah. You don't want to be caught up in that. You just want to say, okay, cool, fine, I'm trying to do something really hard. Um, yeah. I would, uh, you know, I would, I would prefer not to be anxious but it's likely that there'll be some around. And then also um yeah, I mean that that's one that's one point and the other the other component that I found really helps me because I you know I, I sometimes do struggle with um being anxious is mindfulness and um which basically means paying attention. <laughs> <You> yeah. <laughs> know, paying attention to to physical things we are kind of going back to the body again and talking about the physicality of what you're doing. So if I find that, I find that if I can sort of tune back into the physical sensations of what I'm doing at the gig so I can feel these vibrations in my face and my neck and my, you know, when I'm singing, uh, things like that, I can see what's around me. I can, you know, try to bring myself back to the stage and not, Off in that place of like, oh god, is it going to go well? Am I going to ever hit that note? Is you know what's going to happen next? You know, can I remember that chord? You know, is everybody enjoying themselves? (laughs) That kind, you can't really do that and be present at the same time. It's one or the other. So if you can just find a way to sort of um, bring yourself back to the physical of experience of what you're doing, I find that also really helps me if I'm getting freaked out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's
0: helped. <laughs> that's great. It's, it's kind of leaning into it, isn't it? It's, as you say you're sort of leaning into those emotions and and accepting them and so sort of simply put accepting that yeah, it's something that you care about and not beating yourself up not not being hard on yourself because you wouldn't do that to your best friend would you or to a, yeah. Yeah. you know or, or, or a family member or loved one you wouldn't would well, hopefully not anyway so why do we do that to ourselves? It's quite interesting uh, how we can be so hard on ourselves Mm. Um, and also kind of breaking patterns isn't it so if you do if every time you step on stage and you have a success or you feel like you're successful or you feel like you've you've enjoyed yourself or done a good Mm. job or that then reprograms those thoughts if you like and again it goes back to doing it as often as possible so if you can just Get through those first performances and do it. Then you're, mm. yeah, you're you're breaking those patterns yeah. or those thought patterns. Or, yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. And look, d- take the damn compliment, you know, because <laughs> we're so we're so self-critical. Uh, we're so self-critical. And partly, you know, what we're doing is we're evaluating our performances. We're probably if we if we're trying to do this professionally, whatever, we'll be hearing ourselves recorded. We'll be practicing with other musicians. We're constantly evaluating, trying to make things better, trying to develop what we're doing, and that is like such an important part of what we do as musicians but at the same time if somebody comes up to you at the gig and they're like hey, that was great really enjoyed that take the damn compliment don't have <laughs> don't have that thing in the back of your head going yeah but i that i was a bit strained on that no and I, you know it's like no just take the damn compliment you deserve it you know you've done the hard work and yeah, yeah. I, I, say, I hate i hate to say it but probably most of the audience wouldn't have noticed that note anyway, you know, yeah. because they're not listening in the way that you're listening um, and yeah. uh, I've tried to, I've tried I'm trying to at the moment just sort of keep notes when people say something nice to me about the music, whether they, you know, it's an email or somebody says something at a gig, you know try to <laughs> try to keep that stuff there to balance out the stuff where you're going, hey you need to kind of work on that a bit and that wasn't so good and you know, yeah. so you get some balance because it's I think being a musician is is hard enough as it is, we don't want to kind of um, you know yes. be so hard on ourselves and so self-critical that we, we we can't get anywhere with it you know so yeah take the damn compliment that's my advice <laughs> that's the quote I'm gonna yeah. put out yeah. there very much yeah.
0: take the damn compliment
2: <laughs> I, I suppose the other
1: thing as well as all of this is that you know it, it's all the the work that goes in all the prep and the the, the practice you know and I I imagine that includes You know, time practicing your instruments, voice and and Mm. guitar and and other things, but also, um, you know, getting into songwriting mode and all of that. Mm. Like, how, you know, do you have a kind of regime? Do uh, do you treat them all as different entities or is there a sort of combined, you know, Mm. bit guitar, bit of voice, bit writing? Mm. Like, what's your kind of approach? Mm.
2: I think it's a it's a really good question because it's a really it can be a really tri- tricky thing to manage all of those things because you know you could spend all of your time trying to be a really good singer you could spend all of your time trying to be a really good guitar player you could spend all of your time trying to be a really good songwriter um that's before you even try to market what you do to people and all of that other stuff so there's so much going on you know with any of these sort of disciplines on their own is enough to fill an entire you know diary so <laughs> I, I have to say, I, I find that I, I, in an ideal world, I'd be doing all of them all the time, and sort of every day, I do a bit of all of them. But that's not; it just doesn't work like that. It's not really possible to do that. Um, uh, so, what I tend to do is major on certain things for a while, and then major on another thing for a while, and try to keep a sort of basic level of um, uh, kind of practice going on with with all of them a little bit. But you know, I if I'm if I'm in a week or got a couple of weeks where I'm going to do some writing, I'm not going to be able to do two, three hours a day singing and and playing guitar at the same time. It's not going to happen, you know. So I, I've tried, I've, I've sort of learned to be a bit more realistic and a bit flexible with that that process because if you've got a few different things going on at once I mean even if you're if I'm not just a singer even if what you do is you're a singer you're, you're not writing songs but you're an artist and you're trying to get out there that plus social media and all of the other stuff you have to do is enough right there's so much going on so yeah. you can't do everything all the time and you you do have to find some kind of balance but I found that sort of cycling around the thing so right now in the next couple of weeks there's some guitar stuff that I really want to get nailed. So that's going to take priority for the next two or three weeks, you know. And then, okay, well, last time I sang this song, I wasn't, you know, my voice, I wasn't quite happy with what I was doing. So I'm going to spend a couple of weeks when I've got time doing some stuff with my voice, singing a bit more. And um, I say often it's its really, I'm sure for you guys as well, if, um, you know, it's, it's what gig have you got that weekend you know you need to practice those songs you need to sing it's pretty straightforward sometimes it's like well i've got a gig at the weekend what are the songs i've got to learn those songs i've got to make sure i know them make make sure i can nail them on the gig so um sometimes it's it's very straightforward it's just you know practicing the repertoire for the gig like i this week i've got festival this weekend so i'm just practicing the repertoire a repertoire for that that festival gig um and and if i if i get that done and i remember all the words and i and the chords and and i can perform it well as well then to me that will be you know a success regardless of of whether i haven't spent you know ages practicing scales or whatever other things i could be doing as well you know so yeah, yeah. I hope that's a good answer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You released your your album in lockdown, was it 2020? Yeah, that's right. It's a bit of an old theme now, but it's it's, <laughs> it's sort of connected to sort of self-motivation or yeah. when circumstances dictate how you're going to live your your life. How did you keep yourself motivated? What did you find yourself doing during that time? Because as you say, you practice for a gig, so you think, oh, I've got to learn these songs for mm. this gig and I've mm. got to make sure that I can sing. How were you affected in the in the lockdown? Was it more writing or did you still play more guitar or what was mm. it for you?
2: <laughs> well, it was, it was, I mean, I, I think overall it was really, it was kind of tricky, you know, it was, it was, I'm sure like for lots of musicians, it felt like you couldn't do the thing that you do. And that yeah. was really, <laughs> that was really, um, uh, kind of a uh, definitely sent me for a for a spin but at the same time because as you said I had that the, the album that came out in May 2020 I was already sort of really focused in my mind on getting that out and, and that wasn't going to change I, I, I was too far down the line to go oh no actually it's not coming out um, forget about that I'll see you in a couple of years you know so I had to kind of go with that and then find ways to still reach people. So doing online shows and all that kind of stuff and figuring out the tech for that. So that took quite a lot of time to kind of get my head around. But then sort of longer term in the in the lockdown, um, uh, well, part of what I was doing was was teaching, which is how we know each other, Julie, I guess, through Leeds, through Lee's uh, to us. So there um, was still teaching going on. So I was still kind of working on that. But other than that, I was writing still, um I uh, applied to the Arts Council to get some DYCP funding to do some uh, to spend some time doing a lot of writing over one of the summers. Which one was it? Last one or the one before? I can't even remember now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's been a it's long sort of old Blair. weird kind of time, you know. <laughs> so um, I spent time uh, kind of working more on guitar. I, I, I've, I'm kind of trying to integrate more electric guitar into my stuff at the moment, so that was a big part of that Uh my kind of approach has been to work on that. So I spent quite a lot of time working on that and writing songs that incorporated more electric guitar stuff um, and just general general guitar practice stuff as well. So yeah, I, I tried to just keep keep going really as best as I could and in the hope that things would come back online at some point <laughs> and I would still be a musician somehow, you know. And, and the funny thing is, if you decide that's what you're going to do, then there's a lot more of a chance that that, that will eventually happen, I think. Um, but I can't. I can't pretend there weren't days when I thought this is daft. I should probably try and do something else now. You know. But I think a lot. A lot of <laughs> yeah. a lot of people. A lot of freelancers, generally, you know, sure went through that. So,
1: yeah.
2: yeah but still here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, did you find that from a vocal perspective, your? vocals, if you were writing, did your vocal uh, sound change a little bit because perhaps you were doing more recording and not being sort of energised by mm. a live environment um, Yeah, you-
2: I think so, and I think that's a really it's a really interesting thing that, because I definitely there's something that happens when you play live that you can't simulate um, the, when you're recording or you're at home and you're not in front of an audience and you just do stuff differently and I, I don't know, I think there's a little bit more sense of abandon because it's there's a kind of feeling of well uh, screw it there's nothing that can you know there's there's, there's this is never going to happen again i'm on the spot now let's just go for it and and i can sort of get into that headspace when i'm when i'm pl- playing live and so sometimes i'll try something out you know i'll just change a phrase or something or I'll sing it in a slightly different way and you tend to accumulate ideas that way that then go back into your practicing and writing, you know, it's like, oh, I didn't, making slightly different sounds, you know. Um, and so that wasn't happening, I guess. So, um, at least not in the same way, but I was, I, I have, yeah, I have kind of changed because I was doing more electric stuff. There is a different, I do sing in a bit of a different way to when I'm doing something acoustic because it's just a different sort of sound in a different world. So I was kind of trying to work on, on that a little bit as well. Um, but no I I, I I wish I could do you know like well I don't know if I wish I could do but I, I don't do any sort of vocal fry or any of those kind of like rocky shouty techniques or anything like that it'd be fun if I could do it I think maybe if I could do it for one song or something one day just like take everybody's butt by surprise down the um, Nettlebed Folk Club one day you know yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, you
2: guys could, it'd be lovely to have that in my back pocket, you know. Just like.
0: We do a follow up, Michael, and we'll do a lesson with Sam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: No, yeah.
0: Make this up, okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Death metal grunts in the middle of a Oh, movie. I'd love that! Yeah, I'd love to hear that.
2: Yeah. 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 <laughs> have you guys heard Future Islands? Have you heard? Have you heard? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> what's his name? His name's Samuel. I can't remember his surname, but he's he's amazing. He sings in this this great kind of Uh, this great voice uh, it's very sort of pop a lot of the time but then he kind of goes into these guttural kind of kind of death metal sort of although the music is sort of of electronic-y 80s inspired kind of Electro pop anyway irrelevant but it was um, <laughs> it's worth checking out future aliens, yeah. so very good.
0: Yeah. what do you think then singers could learn from guitarists do you think so how do you- <laughs> <laughs> rather than the other way around
2: <laughs> Wow that's that's an interesting question what could singers learn from guitarists um, oh, I'm not really that's, a, that's an interesting question. What could singers learn from guitarists,
1: or should it be more diplomatic? What can we learn from each
2: other? <laughs> well, <problematic? laughs> that's a good. I one. mean, we definitely, we definitely can. I mean, I, I, I find it more works the other way around for me. I more informed as a guitar player by what I do as a singer, which is oh, I could sing a phrase in my head and then. That would probably be more musical sounding than if I just try to play a phrase on the guitar without thinking about it in those terms, if that makes sense. So if I sing a phrase to myself, um, I'll often kind of sing in my head how a phrase should go on the guitar and then I'll play it, try and play it on the guitar, you know. So yeah,
0: yeah.
2: Um, So I guess singers singers could... could be very confident that they've probably got some great ideas that uh, instrumentalists could listen to in terms of phrases and stuff like that, because we are, we're phrase specialists, that's what we do, you know, (laughs) so, you know, because singing is all in the phrasing, isn't it? It's once you can sing with a good sound, it's it's about whether you sing on the beat or behind the beat, and how you shape the phrases and all that kind of stuff, so, um, that, is also true on instruments, but it's it's hard to do on an instrument. You know, like guitar, it's it's hard not to just sort of waffle. <laughs> sometimes I think on guitar, it's, you know, it's hard not to be waffly sometimes. So um, yeah, maybe that's something that would work the other way around. I think um, yeah, I think it stops thinking about thing in um, guitar in terms of songs. Also, just I find that really. Um, uh, shapes what I would do as a guitar player I'm not really a kind of like a shreddy solo type guitar player I'm a this is going to support the song kind of guitar oh, player yeah. and I try to really really sort of really sort of work on that but yeah I mean I'm not sure singers could learn a lot from guitar players to be honest we're all a bit <laughs> 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 we're probably not much new sorry <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: it's, it's interesting because I think the reason I asked that or we wanted to talk about that was because quite often if you learn to play an instrument, as I mentioned before, with fingers, you can have a nice sounding voice And you can get up and sing without having to really do anything to start off with. Like, Mm. I mean, obviously, you've got to learn a song, you've got to learn lyrics, um, that kind of thing. But you don't necessarily have to learn how to use your voice initially. You just use it, especially Mm. when you're younger, actually. But then with a guitar, you can't just pick up a guitar. If you've never played guitar before, you just look at it and go well how how do I make a noise out of this? I mean, you could make a noise there's also that yeah. and there's people that teach themselves, but you need some kind of practice regime in order to get better and and that's exactly the same for singers, but I think a lot of singers don't don't see that if they've never played an instrument before they're not used to those those regular practice regimes they They just mm-hmm. go, "Oh, my voice isn't feeling too good today. I'll just drink some water." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I used to do the yeah. same thing, you know I'd be worried mm-hmm. more about my but what I'd eaten, what I'd drunk, you know, all those mm. kind of things rather than actually practicing. Because I thought that had more of an effect on my voice rather than mm. how I actually train my voice, which has a much mm. bigger impact. Because mm. um, I think that's where the difference is sometimes, you know, it, and possibly why a lot of singers have more anxiety because they're, mm. they're feeling that they're inf- their voice is influenced by many different things. Mm. Um and they rely on those things. Oh, I didn't have my honey and my lemon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no!
2: Yeah. 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 That's it,
0: I'm not going to, yeah, I won't be able to sing tonight kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> not to say that guitarists don't have anxiety. Well, that's
2: interesting, actually, because I, I mean, I talk to my guitar students quite a lot of time about the idea that, you know, when you get on stage, you're going to have because there's other things going on, you're going to be anxious. There's going to be, you know, you you've probably driven and you'll be ragged because the M1 was hell or whatever it is. <laughs> you know, you're going to have other stuff that's going on. You know, you've forgotten to set the merch up, so there's nobody selling CDs. Whatever, you know, something's gone wrong. Um, you you're probably going to play at seventy to eighty percent of your 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 ability, maybe. Let's just say, is obviously that's a complete ballpark thing. So that means that you need to be when you're practicing, you need to be really on it. You know, you need to, those, when you're rehearsing in the days up to that gig, those rehearsals need to be, you know, you need to be sure that you can really play those things inside out so that when you're distracted on stage and the sound's not so good or whatever it is, you know, that you can still do it to a high level, you know. And I, and I that has to be true for singing as well. and And because it's even, it's so much more of a, a physical thing you know perhaps you've just not slept that well i mean that can be hell for your voice you just yeah. not had enough sleep and it can it can really play havoc having said that um like you said julie you know if you if you are practicing in your you know you're you're strong on the songs you know what you're doing and you've you've got a bit of a regular practice it's not going to throw you so much as if you're relying on the gods and, and honey <laughs> and lemon to do the work for you so not, no from that point of view I, I think that, that is something that, that singers could... Um, it's one of those things, isn't it? It's like nobody ever says... You say, well, you know, when you're young and you kind of say... Uh, your parents say to you, oh, what do you think about driving? You say, oh, no, I can't do that. I'm not a driver, I can't do that. You know, nobody says that, do you? You say, well, I'll go and get some driving lessons, you know. Whereas singers would be like, can you sing? Like, no, I can't sing. So, well, yeah. have you had any practice doing it? It's one of those things, isn't it? Yeah, like it is. You can, you can actually... Practice it now. Doubtless, some people just open their faces and they sound amazing from when they're really (laughs) young, you know. And that that's that does happen. And yeah. um, But I imagine—I mean, you'll know more about this than me. But such singers still need to have some kind of a training to support what they're doing to keep their vocal health. And we know we've got stories of famous singers that weren't trained singers that end up struggling with vocal nodes and all those kind of things. So Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah.
2: So absolutely, I think vocalists. In in that case, interesting you say that. And now thinking about it, that makes complete sense that we do have more of a pra- an idea of practice maybe as instrumentalists than than as vocalists for that reason. We just tend to think about it in a slightly different way. And yeah. Um, yeah. But also, I guess the other thing is you can't practice you can't sing for hours and hours. You you've got to kind of manage that, haven't you? I mean, I find that I can't I couldn't practice, you know, guitar. I mean, obviously you need to watch it, but you can do pretty much you know, you could probably practice for quite a few hours a day before it was being, started to be detrimental. But singing, I'm not sure you could get away with more than, I don't know, it's I'm not going to put a figure on watch. it. Not very, very much, yeah. <laughs> it's
0: very difficult to watch TV and sing at the same time unless whatever you're watching is the song that you want to sing.
2: Well, yeah, that's it. <laughs> you start it. I mean, your, voice, your voice just won't last that long. You can't sing for eight hours a day, you know.
0: No, no, yeah. that's, uh, that's, that's, we do have a clock, don't we, Michael? We talk about the... Uh, the vocal clock.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, a, you know, a bank, the idea of you want to spend mm. the interest and not the, the capital. So I suppose for people, mm. who are, you know, if their voice is getting tired, it's trying to see whether there's ways to mitigate that by having mm. you know technique that's serving mm. stamina. But mm. ultimately, you know, like with anything, there's only so much energy and concentration you can give to one thing. And you know, before you just think, oh, I do just want to watch the telly and <laughs> potatoes or pearly fries or something. You know, I don't know why they popped into my head.
2: Not.
1: Um, why not? <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, apart from um, practicing diligently like we all should, like what, what is in the, you know, in the pipeline for you coming up? Because you know, I'm sure hopefully people listening to this will want to check out your music and see you mm. on stage. No, that yeah. we can do things in
2: front yeah. of other people. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> and what's what's next? Well, over the summer, um, I'm working well, I'm working away on some new stuff at the moment, but there's not going to be an album imminently. Um, but I am doing some festivals with uh both as a soloist and with False Lights, which is a band that I am in, as I think as I mentioned before, which is kind of more of a a contemporary folk rock band if such a thing is possible and um, uh, we've got a few festivals over the summer we're doing one this weekend um, and then I've got a few gigs uh, with other singers as well over the summer as well and they're all all on my website so yeah got various festivals come and say hello come and stand in a field and um, <laughs> yes. enjoy yourselves like we used to do in the old days yeah get rained on it <laughs> rain. rained on yeah
0: yeah your wellies <laughs> absolutely yeah <laughs> and huddle together because we're allowed to do that
2: <laughs> yes yes
0: yeah. brilliant okay is there anything else you wanted to ask michael uh,
1: uh
0: <laughs> well we've got him on before he's off touring again and
1: <laughs> yeah exactly no I, th- I think we've um we we've probably covered most things unless there's anything else that you think you uh you want to add we've we've waffled over the top of you and you've not got to say something.
2: (laughs) No, I feel like it's been me that's doing the waffling for everybody, but um, it's been an absolute pleasure to waffle (laughs) on at you. Um, That's what I'd like to say.
0: Oh, well, thank you, Sam. It's been a pleasure to have you on our podcast today and to delve into your world and, and hear about your journey. And uh, thank you again for being so honest, actually, because I think that's what we're also trying to achieve with the podcast is to kind of have honest conversations so that musicians out there can hear what other musicians are doing and how they're dealing with certain situations and the ups and downs of of being a singer and and, uh, an artist or a working musician. So Mm. really, really been really useful. And uh, yeah, we've had great fun talking to you and uh, it's uh, definitely expanded my knowledge. (laughs) And I think I'm going to come to one of your festivals. I'm going to, I fancy standing in a field. (laughs) Yay,
2: hooray. Are you doing
0: any in the Midlands? I need to have a trip home.
2: (laughs) Oh, I don't think we've got any in the Midlands. I'm playing in Chester this weekend, which is um, not very Midlands-y, I suppose. No, it's not. uh, No, (laughs) I'm afraid not but you know. I'll let you know if there's a Midlands gig coming up
0: <laughs> oh that's brilliant thank you so much
2: thank you thanks so much for having me
0: The connected singer. thanks to all of you out there for listening to our podcast today all information relating to our podcast and guests can be found on our Facebook page The Connected Singer you can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter If you have enjoyed this episode's podcast, we would really appreciate your support by subscribing and helping us to continue in creating a connected community of listeners and specialists connected to the field of singing and beyond. Take care of yourselves and each other and see you next time.